Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is April 2nd, 2018, and this is our 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, at the bottom of page 45, the third paragraph, which begins with, We Know How He Feels. We will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs, ending on page 46 with That Power Which Is God. Today's readers are Kathy W., Leslie M., Kathleen O., and Ashley P. The reference number for Sunday, April 1st, 2018's special edition meeting is 11-238. That's one one two three. Eight. And the reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11239. That's 11239. OA Preamble. <clears throat> Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy W. to read the 12 steps of OA. Kathy W., star one to unmute, please. Thank you. Thank you. Can I be heard? Now I hear you, Kathy W. Good. Thank you. This is Kathy Recovered, compulsive overeater from Texas, and these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathy W. I will now ask Leslie M. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Uh, Thank you, Rebecca F., for your service. This is Leslie M. I'm a compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Leslie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 45 with the third paragraph, We Know How He Feels, through two paragraphs ending in That Power Which Is God. 
Our sharing will be focused on any part or all of both these paragraphs. I will ask Kathleen O to begin reading. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Kathleen O recovered in Northern California. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We, we look upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism skepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments, we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had all these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So, again, this is Kathleen O. um, in Northern California. So if you have a problem with a higher power, These paragraphs tell us there are other people who had a problem with believing in a higher power. Um, You know, the first 100, we know how he feels. Um, That's the first 100 people that they're, that are, you know, this book is, is discussing and, and many of us on the line know how you feel too. And I think the reason so many of us struggle with this higher power concept and defining God is we overthink it. I know I did at the beginning. And, you know, they're asking kind of questions here, you know, have you, have you doubted God in your life? Were or are you anti-religious? Did or does the word God bring up negative connotations from childhood? Do you think yourself weak or that you lack courage if you rely on a power by, beyond yourself? Uh, do you think you should be able to do this yourself? You know, I could relate to all of these things. And I've seen... You know, I've seen many people who say how godly they are with their religious beliefs, yet they don't act godly. So I was one who was very cynical of people like this. And, you know, how could a supreme being have anything to do with whether I was going to go on another binge or not? And that line, when enchanted by a starlit night, we may have had a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. And maybe it was lost because if we did believe, we would have to become like others who preach. And I didn't want to be that preaching person. So if you have a feeling of of awe and wonder for the beauty in this world, hold on to it. We need to find a God. We need to find a power or supreme being who will help us solve our problems. And this problem of eating is secondary to the problem of living. You know, by putting the food down, um, I had to do that first. You know, the only relief we have to offer is entire abstinence. And once we get entirely abstinent, we have to surrender. And for me, until I surrendered and became willing, I couldn't solve this living problem I had, which caused me to eat myself over 200 pounds. You know, I had to find a power, power with a capital P, 
who would not only relieve me from the boxes, bags, and cartons, but who would help me stop living by my self-sufficient ways. And, you know, so that I could live a life that, that's happy, joyous, and free, and free from the bondage of food. So food and weight are merely symptoms of an underlying problem. Um, be open-minded to this power because our goal is to be recovered a day at a time. And so far, I don't think there is anyone on this line that has been able to achieve that goal without a higher power. You know, we don't fully need to define or comprehend God. So don't worry. You'll be able to have your own concept of God that works for you. And I didn't have a white lightning God experience, but I did morph into having higher power of my own, which was revealed to me as I worked the steps. And I just had to be open-minded and not overthink it. And thank you so much for letting me share, and I passed. Thank you, Kathleen O. Who else would like to share on these two paragraphs that Kathleen read? Carol H. Carol H. Terry C. Terry C. Wendy M. Wendy M. Arlene H. Is it Marlene? No, just Arlene. Arlene. Gotcha. Sorry about that. Arlene. No problem. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have Carol H., Terry C., Wendy M., and Arlene H. And just to tell you if you got on a little late, we read the last paragraph on 45 and the first paragraph on 46. Go ahead, Carol H. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Carol H. in Colorado, and I can't believe I'm the first one in because normally I, I hold back. But I, um, I totally identify with these paragraphs and especially how the reader shared. Um, you know, I doubted that there was anything that would ever help me with my first food problem, but then my living problem. Um, after feeling sort of abandoned in my childhood to some extent um, and watching my mother be very self-sufficient, um, I learned to be self-sufficient and um, I didn't think that there was anything like a God to um, help me. And I also was um, kind of divorced from my childhood faith, and I too held people in contempt that were, quote, religious, that I felt didn't act religious or like they had faith. So um, I was very doubtful. However, when I did finally come to the rooms, um, I was somehow, I somehow knew that there was going to be a spiritual solution and that I hadn't been told that, but I had that feeling. And that's, that at that point, that was the only thing I felt was missing in my life. So I, I knew I was going to have to figure this out. And um, fortunately, then I was told, as the paragraphs say, you know, um, my higher power doesn't have to be anybody else's higher power. And mine, mine has evolved as well. I, at first, when I came in, I thought I was going to have to define it. And that if you asked me what my higher power was, I was supposed to have some really nice, succinct answer to describe my higher power. And I kind of did that for a while, but that didn't even feel good. Um, and, you know, today I'm just grateful that my higher power exists only for me. Um, it's not your higher power, and um, it's uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful um, trans transformation, I guess, from being that um, 
that self self sufficient girl that I used to be, and now knowing that it's not up to me to figure this all out by myself, and nobody in human form is going to figure it out for me, but I do have this strong um, faith and trust in another being, another entity that um, has only my my goodwill, my my God, um, my life in in their um, mind. So. Um, I feel that connection today. I'm really grateful for that. And I pray that everybody else figures it out for themselves too. And um, just keep keep believing, you know, believing and turning that into to trust and faith. So um, thanks for letting me share this morning. I appreciate this meeting so much. Pass. Thank you, Carol H. Terry C. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes, Terry. Good morning. Okay. okay. Good morning. Um, thank you for everyone doing service today. I'm grateful to be on the meeting, uh, grateful to be sharing. And and I was just really struck with um, laying aside my prejudice. Boy, I, I, I can I can really uh, relate to kind of that pivotal, that psychic change for me, laying aside the prejudice, because before my understanding of the solution, um, I kind of thought the black and white, you know, I had the black and white concept for everything, including, you know, religion and God and spirituality. I thought those people who, those people, of course, you know, outside myself that, you know, that were religious or who seemed to have a peace or um, an excitement and a happiness about God and religion, they were less than me, of course, you know, because they were pitiful, you know, uh, their, their, their life lacked substance. And then those who seemed to practice religion or have a peace about them and a tranquility um, that they attributed to God, um, well, I feared them. You know, I, I couldn't see it at the time, but I feared them. And, and you know, it's kind of like the concept of myself. Um, I mean, you know, excuse the way I put it, but quite frankly, I was always the it girl or the shit girl. I was either way above everybody or way below everybody. And that's kind of how I looked at the world. And that's definitely how I perceived, you know, people who had um, some kind of belief and faith and who weren't afraid to talk about it or attest to it. Um, and it's so good today to look at it and say, you know, um, I think that was when I was looking at a God who did for me or a God who did to me, um, today, uh, I didn't think of this. I heard a speaker say it, so I don't want to take credit for it, but today I have a God that does through me. And, um, today I understand that peace and tranquility and acceptance and that, belief and faith that sustains me that I want to have and that I want to have growing and and I don't need to place judgment on anyone today because I have a God that tells me that you know he loves us all where we're at and you know and he loves the fact that we're all doing the best we can so um, I wouldn't have that understanding at all without this program I wouldn't have any understanding of that because I was so into myself and, um, you know, always fearing where I was in the world compared to everybody else in the world. And today I realize we're all children of God. We each have a right to be here. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Terry C. Wendy M. 
Yes, good morning. Uh, Wendy M. Uh, recovered in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, so grateful to be on the line. Thank you all for your service. And I always want to remember to thank God for my entire abstinence this morning. It's fabulous. I would not want to be anywhere else but right here with all of you. So the first thing that pops out here is we know how he feels. So when my sponsees send me, you know, what's going on, and, it's, you know, especially if they're in, in the stuff, um, I always start with I get it. And I never did that before. You know, it's like I relate, I get it, I know how you feel. I've been there. You know, and it's that weakness that, um, that, that binds us. You know, that's our strength is that we get it. We know how we feel. There is nothing like it in the world when I call someone and I'm just in my stuff. And they pick up the phone and they say, I get it. I know how you feel. I've been there. There's, I can't explain it. It's entirely satisfying. And then the next word that um, comes up for me is the word prejudice. And that's how I describe this, um, this chapter is setting aside our prejudice. You know, and it's, it's not only that I'm going to set aside my prejudice, but I could be wrong. Like my thinking about religion could be entirely wrong. And my thinking and my intolerance of religious people growing up, I could be, I, not only, not only there, there's another idea, but I actually could be wrong, right? And the power of the set-aside prayer, the lay-aside prayer, right? Set aside what I think I know about anything and about everything. And a couple pages earlier, it says we throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. And I know I need to actually throw all of my lifelong conceptions out the window. You know, this is a radical program. It's a radical shift. And when I throw them out the window, I am so much freer. I am so much more able to access a higher power. I said at a meeting in Los Angeles this past week, I said, you know, I don't know, what do you think? It's a revolutionary sentence. And it frees me up every time. And when I forget and I think I know, I'm in trouble so fast, so fast. I've cut God off completely. The other thing I want to say is about God, and I just said it to a sponsor, we just read this, this section, um, is, I don't even know if God exists, but I do experience God constantly. Whenever I take an action, and more specifically, when I'm honest about my behavior, God shows up in about two seconds. My shoulders drop. I can breathe free because I've been honest. Yesterday I did something that was super selfish, you know, and I woke up this morning and I just went right to it. I talked about my selfishness, my self-centeredness, my insecurities, and God's like cheering me on. God's like, go, girl, go, yes. I'm, God, I'm like, God, what's going to happen? And God's like, I need you to see this, and I need it to be super painful for you so that you get the lesson. Or we'll just repeat it again and again, and, and you, you know, eventually get the lesson. But um, So that's what I want to say, especially if you're trying to figure out who God is for Hi. you. Okay, I'll just say I, I, I encourage you to bypass that and then just be honest, and God will absolutely show up for you. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy okay. M. Sure, thank you. Arlene H. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Arlene. I'm a compulsive overeater from Vermont. I like everything that has been talked about so far, especially the identification with we know how he feels. We know how each other feels because we have been to the depths of despair that we go to and that only we go to. We go down and down. I love the part that says, with the rejection, we imagine we had abandoned the God idea entirely because when I'm in my food, I am delusional. And I imagine certain things which aren't quite true. And this is one word imagined. With that rejection, we imagine we abandon the God idea entirely. It gives me a little loophole to come back. If I only imagined that I put God aside somehow, uh, then maybe God is still with me. And so basically... I have this loophole where I can come back. I can come back strong, and it will be amazing. I love how things are worded in the big book. It's so um, this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, inexplicable calamity. I mean, if I judge my higher power or my God, by the people who follow him, I'm again in trouble. I need to have God be an entity of himself or herself or itself. My God my God is a essence, an essence of truth, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness is what I need to have. It says so in the spiritual experience in the back appendix. Those are the essentials, meaning I cannot do without them. And step one, I get honest with myself. Step two, I get open-minded to possibly believe. Let's just say maybe. We just have to not say no. And in step three, willingness opens the door just a little, and it seems to swing wide open. So if I am just in the least little bit willing, then we begin to get results, even though it was impossible, and it will always be impossible to fully define or comprehend God or that power. Hopefully, and I pray fully, that I get closer to that power. I love that God is not for me, God does not do to me, and that God does through me. So thank you for saying saying that. Um, That's all I have. I pass. I'm just trying to get closer to God. Thanks, Arlene H. Well... If you got on after I announced where we read or heard the reading directly, we're at the bottom of 45 with We Know How He Feels, two paragraphs ending in That Power, Which Is God. Who would like to share on any or all of those two paragraphs? Nancy L. Lauren A. I 
Okay, hold on a second. I heard Nancy, was it O? L, is in Larry. L, okay. And who was the next person after Nancy? Lauren. I think I heard a Lauren, is that correct? Yes, Lauren Lauren, what was it? A. Lauren T. It sounds like there's two Laurens. <laughs> Are there? No, there's Lauren H, and then there's Lori T, who's me. Lori T. Okay. Was there someone else trying to get in there? Yes. Michelle K. B. I think I heard a Michelle. Yes. Sherry K. B. Was it Sherry K. B.? Yes. Rebecca okay. Deborah Rebecca. R. Deborah R. Okay, why don't we go with that? Nancy L. Lauren H. Lori T. Michelle, you'll give us your initial. Sherry K. B. Rebecca P., I think, but maybe it was B. And Deborah R. Nancy L., please go ahead. Thank you, and thank you so much for your service. It's an honor to be here and to be able to speak. Um, The sentence to others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. I don't know about my, my mom trying to impress me. We just went to church every single Sunday. And um, I loved Sunday school. I really loved it. Um, But then all of a sudden, or maybe it was slightly, little by little, I started to enjoy the sweets that we would get if we said our Bible verse or if we did this or if we did that. And then my, my whole entire being was fixated on what I'm going to get. And it was always what I'm going to get to put in my mouth. And so the, as, as the years went on, <clears throat> my concept of God became more of a, he's a wonderful, loving God, but uh, give me my shut up. You know, I was just, a, once an, an addict, there goes all the reasonable thinking and the truth. Uh, the truth was, was in the background. And the food was in my foremost desire. Um, so long story short, um, that did not leave me. Um, and I, right, right up to the age of 55 um, and weighing over 200 pounds, I was desperate. And, um, and I found OA, I, and I found the big book, and I'm, I'm now just so, so grateful, very, very, very grateful that my, my relationship with my higher power is the one I had from my childhood, and I know he's got my back. Uh, I, 22 days ago, I got a bag. I had relapsed. And um, and then 22 days ago, I got a bag and I just started piling all my stuff in it, the stuff that I love, the stuff that, I, that caught my attention again and threw it away and uh, have a wonderful sponsor and getting on with step two now. And I'm, I'm just so, so grateful, so grateful that my higher power never left me. He's always been by my side and now he's got my full attention and with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy L. Lauren H. Actually, it's Lauren A. <laughs> Lauren A. Apple. <laughs> Thank you for um, letting me get on this morning. I'm I'm pretty excited about being part of this group. Um, 
when I think of we agnostics, uh, I think of, you know, my relationship with God changing over the years, and, and I didn't have one until I came into a 12-step program. But now I do, but I don't feel like it's been enough. It needs to get better and better and better. Otherwise, I'm, you know, I'm going to let this abstinence go. I'm going to let this recovery go. So I have to just do everything I can to stay in conscious contact with God. And I woke up this morning um, and I asked my husband if he'd pray with me and I just prayed to give everything to God, you know, because I can screw it up by myself and I don't want to anymore. Um, And I'm working on my fourth step and I really have to stay in touch with God really tightly with that and and just ask for help and um, and give it away. And, um, And I did have a lot of prejudice against God and against um, religion and I'm I'm just so grateful that I don't have to have to have that anymore but just laying aside the prejudice and saying I have a religion and a faith isn't enough for me I have to just keep going with it and uh, and progress otherwise I'm going to go backwards I'll pass thank you thank you Lauren A Lori C Thank you. Thank you so much. And I apologize for referring to Lauren with the wrong initial there. Just trying to help create some order. And I really think that this paragraph um, lends itself to creating order in my life. And what I really like about this paragraph or a couple of things I'd like to focus on is it refers to supreme being twice in two sentences there. And Honestly, this morning reading it, I'm considering praying to my supreme being instead of my higher power because I think those terms are interchangeable. And what I like is that it mentions supreme being after it mentions the kind of um, fatal state of just being human, warring individuals, that's who I normally know, warring theological systems. I mean, that's everything in this world, whether it's wars or people's feelings based on religion and inexplicable calamity, meaning the, t- the hard part of living is suffering. Um, and I haven't seen many individuals in their own strength be able to conquer that in a meaningful way. So this idea of a supreme being is very helpful. Some, some being, not just a power, but a being. Like I'm a human being, but there's a supreme being. And this idea of that is really attractive to me. And then what I also especially like is where it mentions my two greatest sources of uh, calamity, to use that term. In other moments, I'll say I, I found myself thinking, and then there was a feeling of awe. So it's my thoughts and my feelings. That's what it all comes down to for me. And if I don't have the supreme being or this guidance of a higher power in my thoughts and my feelings, um, that's what I'm stuck with. You know, who then made all this? The constant questioning. That's what that was most of my life was, well, how can I figure this out? Well, it's not fair. Well, why do they have this? Well, that's not working. And, well, why isn't this working? And there's all the questions. And then, of course, the feeling of awe and wonder whether it was losing five pounds or whether it was somebody being attracted to me, you know, it was so fleeting for me. So this idea of my thoughts and my feelings, they're really quite um, uh, unmanageable. We all know that word, unmanageable for me without a supreme being coming in and moving these things into order. And that's what I love about the 12 steps. 
is a 12-step cup line, my thoughts and my feelings with the supreme being's thoughts and feelings for my life. And then, then somehow for me, the experience has been that everything starts to make sense. I don't just have enormous questions, and I don't just have fleeting feelings. I have a design, a plan for living. I have a, a structure that I can uh, go to if I get off, and I can revert to it, and it puts everything just in order. And I have had that experience lately. I've had to rely on these 12 steps to just help me make sense out of my life and God. And Hi. every time, thank you, every time I incorporate the step work, it works. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori T. Michelle, in your first initial? Is S as in Foxtrot? S. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Thank you for your service. I was one of those people who uh, could believe in a higher power, but I just didn't feel connected. Uh, My mother was very religious and I could see it in her when we when we would pray that that it was a deeply moving and spiritual experience, and I wanted what she had, but I could never get it. Um, my childhood was kind of rough, and I gave up praying, and I kind of felt like there is a God, but just not for me. And I remember seeing all the things that people did in the name of religion, and I never thought it was, you know, a God's fault. I saw them as people who were wrong. Um, But I I knew when I came into the rooms of OA that this is what I was looking for. I was very, very lost. And, um, And when I first sat there in my first meeting, I thought, okay, this is what I want, but I'm really not sure I'm going to be able to get it because it never worked for me before. But uh, faith is a practice. We have to practice that. And I just have a God moment. I'm not religious. I didn't grow up in church. We never read the Bible. I went when my parents wanted to go. And yet I had a part of the Bible pop into my mind. And it was that part about how we see through a glass darkly in uh, our life. And that all becomes clear after. And um, I know we're not supposed to get too religious here, but I thought that was a very profound moment for me because I thought, there's no way I got that. And I typed what I remembered in, and that popped up. So that was uh, a God moment for me. And they say, is it odd or is it God? I've had several of those. I'm currently reading my fifth step, and I can feel that I am thinking differently so I'm very hopeful for the spiritual experience that it talks about at the end of these steps. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle F. Sherry K.B. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Sherry K.B. in Northern California, very grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. Thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line. And welcome, newcomers. Um, You know, listening to everybody and reading this, you know, it reminds me of looking back at my childhood experiences of a higher power and the people around me that tried to influence me about it. And um, I I grew up in the South, um, and I had a lot of people trying to shove religion down my throat, but I was fortunate enough to grow up with a a family that, you know, had a higher power of, of love. It's just that I had this idea that my higher power didn't have time for me, that my higher power was too busy. 
Um, and then as for something like this with my disease. Um, and then as I got older and then I got into um, 12-step programs, what, what I think of is looking at agnostic temperament. Because, you know, I believe in God, but I didn't believe or my disease didn't want God helping me with my disease. Um, thank you very much. And so I did push God away. Um, I didn't rely on God. I, I knew there was a God, but I didn't rely on God um, to help me. And it was through doing this work, going through this book, that really got me to start relying more on God. I mean, it, that's what went on for me. And so I had to set aside my old prejudices, my old ideas. And I love this because, you know, we have a set-aside prayer that comes from from these pages and we agnostics because it says to lay aside our prejudices. And so for me, um, you know, I had to set aside even a higher power. Um, could you time me, please? I got, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I just really had I got to, you. thank you. I had to really set aside those old ideas and to redefine what that relationship was like for myself in order to, um, not only get recovered, but stay recovered. I had to redefine that. I had to start putting aside what ideas I had, what other people told me, and just started opening that door um, of my heart um, to a power greater than myself. And, you know, I've always been told that um, to fully define or even comprehend an entire higher power, then if I think I know exactly what my higher power is, then that higher power isn't big enough to solve all my problems. So for me, it's a continuation of growth around that relationship. It's taking a personal relationship. Um, like I would cultivate uh, somebody I cared about and loved about, I want to cultivate that relationship so it can carry me through all these things that I go through in my life. Um, and so I did have that agnostic temperament. Um, and, um, and I love that this program has helped me to open that door and to set aside those old ideas so that definitely that power greater than me could help me and continue to help me and to continue to help me grow and change and continue to help me to dig deeper and understand this program and uh, just keep learning about myself. And uh, But I had to set aside those old ideas, those old beliefs, um, and um, and I'm so grateful for it because I continue to cultivate that relationship. And to me, it's a spiritual thing, not a religious thing, because man created religion and God created spirituality. And the difference between the two is somebody telling me how to have that relationship, and the difference is, is me having that relationship with a power greater than myself that I choose to call God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry, KB. Rebecca, and your last initial, the first initial of your last name. Hi, it's Rebecca T. T. Hi. Good morning, Rebecca. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, all you fellow visionaries. Um, I love listening to you guys. I love being here. Um, uh, I just, Rebecca T, compulsive overeater. I, um, you know, I believed, I grew up uh, Catholic, and um, I believed in a God, and then I, you know, grew in different understanding, and, um, you know, call myself Christian now, and uh, I I had seen miracles being happened um, from 
you know, people who believed in, in their God. And I saw um, people of such a peaceful nature, you know, who believed in their God. And I also saw people who believed in God and, and were not acting godly. And so I believed in his presence. But interestingly enough with me, I believed that um, it wasn't weakness that he was going to be allowed to help me. I, I, I believed that if once I could figure out what was going on with me, once I could be strong enough, once I could not be, you know, sinful anymore, once I, um, you know, decided to give up the food, once I could figure out why I was eating, um, why I was having difficulty in life and, and, and all those kind of things about me, then God would be there for me and, and he would help me. So I was still very much into my own uh, free will um, and didn't believe it was an option until I, I fixed kind of all those things or at least came to some certain level, I guess, of worthiness. Um, so I am so grateful today that that's not the case. And I, I didn't know that then, but I feel so... Um, uh, love now being on my knees, and I I did have to uh, try actually everything um, to then finally realize, oh okay, I mean someone just said no, you you just you need a higher power, and you need the it's not just enough to put down food, and you know do you have a spiritual recovery, uh, do you have a higher power, do you have a spiritual plan, and. And I said, no. And so I just did what they told me. And so now every day um, on my knees, I um, I bring God, my higher power, with me. And I uh, said to my, I had to say to myself, I don't have the answers. I don't, I, I don't have to ask why. I don't understand. I don't get it. And uh, it's very, it's helped me actually um, come from, that position. Um, it's taken a huge amount of weight off my shoulders, uh, spiritually and physically. And um, I'm so grateful that I could be here today and listen to your shares. And um, I continue to learn and uh, continue to grow closer to my higher power. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca T. Deborah R. Thank you. And just to confirm, we're reading down to the end of uh, which is God? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is Deborah R. from Michigan. And um, good morning, fellow travelers. Um, grateful to be here. Grateful to have Live in Recovery just for today. Um, when I came in, I wasn't against God, but I certainly didn't think he had time for me and and I hadn't developed any relationship with this thing called God. Um, And so I wouldn't call myself really, I mean, I believed, but I didn't believe very deeply or that I had any connection going on. Um, So I like the phrase uh, or the sentence, um, we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. Even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. 
And my experience was, okay, I know I have to believe in a power greater than myself. That tells me when I get to meetings and in the steps. Um, okay, something bigger than me, God as I understand him, so we don't have to call him God even. We could make him this big oak tree out the Monday night OA meeting. So I only have to visit him once a week and for an hour and a half. Um, and that was my start of beginning to have this something else besides me that gave me the power uh, or helped me with the power. And I, um, my personal experience was I just acted as if I couldn't really tell you I felt anything because I didn't feel any different. I still was scared, like, where is it? When am I going to get it? And the only way through is, the only way out is through. And a lot of gaining my personal experience with a higher power was through experience. I eventually got uh, the steps one, two, three, worked on my fourth, and was scared in my boots to talk to my sponsor about my fifth step, but it needed to be done, and I understood that. Um, so I went to her, and I was sure she was going to say, well, uh, I don't want to work with you anymore, and that, um, you know, I go to meetings on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I, you know, like I had been the worst person in the world, and she said none of that. And I went back out into my car after the fifth step, and I just sat there, and be it the sun that was beating down through the windshield or what, but I just felt my first essence of something had shifted, something had changed. And that was kind of how I, you know, and then I just had to trust to keep, you know, be open to experiencing it more deeply. And with that, I passed. Oh, Deborah R., thank you. Would you believe that it is time for us to close and we had the exact number of people and you kept it to the exact right time? So uh, with that, uh, I want to thank everyone for your participation and for the opportunity to be of service. And uh, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ashley P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Uh, this is Sherry K.B. Uh, subbing in for Ashley P. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.